Spice up your life with me, Health Chef Julia, as I set out on the journey of what is healthy. In each episode, we'll explore the different meanings of healthy. For some, healthy means indulging in something decadent and delicious. For others, it's a mental health day and a good workout. There's more to health than just food. It's about living well, enjoying your life, and having fun. Haven't you heard? Redheads do it best. Come with me, and we'll find out just what healthy is. Welcome to a new episode of What is Healthy, a podcast where we share every hack to get healthier and a more sustainable lifestyle. I'm Chef Julia, and today we'll be talking to Taylor McPherson. It's so great to have you on. Thank you so much for being on today's podcast. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. We met at a Six Degrees event. Emily put us together, but I was just like so intrigued with what you do for work and like your business, and I loved it that I really wanted to have you on. Yeah, and I was super intrigued by you as well. Like being chopped, I'm like, I'm so impressed. <laughs> and then we both had the same um, sparkling water. I know, right? Because it was like a, wasn't it? It was like a, a dry January or dry. Yeah. We're, well, I think by then we were in February, but we were talking about doing a dry month, which I stayed dry for like almost 90 days. Wow. Yeah. I'm only just easing back into drinking now. And I drink like every other week tops. Like I learned a new phrase this week, California sober. Yeah. <laughs> That's me all the time. <laughs> I mean, me too. But like, I didn't realize that the, it was like coin. When I moved here and I was doing dry January, um, and I think I was calling it sober January because on the East Coast, I was always calling it sober January. And people were like, but are you doing another thing? And I was like, <laughs> yeah. And they're like, no, no, it's not. It's not, You can't say sober January. <laughs> I was like, okay. <laughs> Do you mind telling the audience about yourself and about Sparkle Bar and all of the things? Yes. So my name is Taylor McPherson. I am also known as the Sparkle Queen. I'm originally from New Jersey and I now live in West Hollywood, California. Um, I have a biodegradable glitter business. So I do glitter body art at music festivals, events, launch parties. Um, and then I also sell biodegradable glitter on my website, which is sustainablesparklebar.com. So I am a glitter artist. I create living art at events, um, which is great for like branding and putting your logo on people and turning it into like a wearable advertisement. That's also sparkly. How is it biodegradable? Like, uh, what does it consist of that? Like, it just like basically it falls apart in water or what? So it is plant-based. It's made from the cellulose of, uh, eucalyptus trees. So it is made to disintegrate in water over time. That's amazing. Did you, have you noticed like a decline or an increase in business? Well, I mean, I'm sure in the beginning of the pandemic, but like people are still wanting to do events and still wanting to have parties like on a smaller scale, but like, have you been able to make this a full-time career shift in Glitter Bar or Sparkle Bar? So yes, I've been doing Sparkle Bar for about four years. And um, in 2019, right before the pandemic, I had my most successful year. I booked a festival deal with Malibu Rum where they bought me out for seven festivals and travel and, you know, booked me and my team all across the country. We went to music festivals like Stagecoach um, and Tortuga down in Miami, Florida, um, or I'm sorry, Fort Lauderdale. And um, it was really, really great. Throughout the pandemic, I've been able to transition to more of an online focus and really beef up my social media and build up my online store. So I have been able to sort of sustain the sustainable Sparkle Bar <laughs> through this. Sparkle Bar, like why glitter? 
Uh, I have always loved glitter. I have always been the sparkle queen. Like even before I turned it into a business, I just used to like, people would be like, oh, wow, you're so glittery. And I would just be like, yeah, <laughs> I love to be sparkly. And now I can say, I love to be sparkly and I can make you sparkly too. To be vaccinated and the pandemic to be over it. I just want to go to House of Yes, like covered in your glitter. <laughs> yes, I got vaccinated. And once you, once you have your vaccine, you're like, okay, this is over this mask, like I'm not wearing it. Like, no, it's like, okay, we're over. I know people are done. Why do you think people are so attracted to glitter? Because it sparkles, right? Like when you see it and it reflects light, it makes you smile. And because glitter is associated with so many happy feelings and memories, like from your childhood, whether it's opening presents, whether it's Christmas, you know, Christmas decorations are always glittery, um, you know, birthday presents and you know, things like that. It's just always associated with like fun and good feelings, confetti and, you know, showing um, like sparkly balloons that I have those like Mylar balloons. Like it's always, you know, in connection with something that makes you happy. It's so true. But then again, if you're like, I love the idea of glitter, but I cannot fathom that it's going to be fucking all over. That's so funny. I've always said, like, this is also before I started the sparkle bar, but I'm like, I'm the girl that did every craft project growing up and just never cleaned up the glitter. So like, that's never been an issue for me because I would be like making the posters and then you shake the glitter out and it's everywhere. And I'd just be like, okay, <laughs> like, I guess I'm just going to walk around in it and let it like tread all through the house. It's fine. And that'll just be over there. Cause I'm like, it's not dirt, <laughs> you know? Exactly. And it's, it's like, it's like, um, you're walking in like, sunshine right it's like happy happy glitter everywhere you walk exactly and then you look down and you see it sparkly like a former roommate of mine sent me a glitter bomb for my birthday once and I opened it in the house and she was like nice enough to let me just let the glitter like be in that corner of the house the whole time and like never asked me to clean it up and she was like like that was like my birthday present for the year like what made you want to find a sustainable one and figure out this. Being educated about microplastics. So I didn't know, like when I first started my business for the first six months, I was not biodegradable just because I was unaware that glitter was so bad for the environment. But then, you know, when you start something like that, you start to get educated really quick um, from all different sources, just from, you know, it coming up on social media, people were sending me articles about how bad glitter was for the environment. And I was like, okay, well, there's gotta be some sort of alternative, right? Like there's no way I'm just going to not ever use glitter again because it's bad for the environment. So let me do some research and try to find out what the alternative is. And I discovered biodegradable glitter and, you know, the few companies that are making it around the world um, overseas, they're pretty much all biodegradable. They don't really use regular glitter anymore. So that's where, um, you know, my manufacturer. And regular glitter is made of like? Of plastic and aluminum. So it, it never breaks down to anything smaller. Like, you know, bottles and things like that we can recycle because we can melt them down but when it's a tiny little you know yeah speck you can't do anything with it so how long does it take for it to biodegrade in liquid so it says up to 28 days i personally have been doing an experiment and it's been about four months so it's not that fast you know like when you when you the packaging or whatever it says about 28 days i'm actually doing an experiment in fresh water in my apartment and it's been about four months and i had it in a jar that had flowers in it. And so there was a couple of leaves like left in the bottom of the jar. And what the biodegradable glitter is doing is it's attaching itself to the plants that are already in there. And it's like slowly going away. It, it's really interesting. Or like a need or a want to be more environmentally 
cautious and environmentally friendly? Like, is that why you were like... To the point where I even, like, I stopped eating meat once... I mean, I stopped eating meat for, like, health reasons. And then once I became educated about how bad factory farming is for the environment, I was like, oh my God, I really don't want to eat meat anymore. And I was like, and I feel better. So like, absolutely. You know, we only have one planet. And as much as they say, like in our lifetime, we might not actually see how bad it could get. I mean, the people who come behind us. Right. Are going to be our children. So. (laughs) So it's like, if we can do small things, like I I stopped, I mean, I barely drive my car anymore. And that's just, because that's not really for the environment. That's because I hate driving. I love living in New York. Like I can hop on a city bike and go anywhere. Um, Well, perfect transition though, because I was going to ask you like, what is healthy for you? So I started this podcast because we are just constantly bombarded with so much content from all different aspects that like you really need to form your own opinions and what's better for your body and what like healthy is for you. Because like, I don't know, every time I go on Instagram, I feel like this is healthy. This is now bad. This is bad. Now this is healthy. And I think it's all like bio-individuality where like you have to listen to your body and know what works for you. So what is healthy for you? Right now, if I had to label it, I'm a I'm a non-dairy pescatarian, right? If we had to like label how we're eating. I did an experiment at the beginning of 2020 on top of my dry January because it was then the fourth year I was doing dry January and I was like, okay, I need to challenge myself and do something else. So I was like, let me stop eating meat for 30 days. In that 30 days, um, I noticed that the first thing was like, okay, I don't miss eating meat. Like I didn't know I wasn't craving it. Well, they say it's 28 days to uh, build a habit and it's 28 days to change your uh, tastes. Oh, wow. That's interesting. Yeah. So I, I wasn't missing it. And then another crazy thing I noticed is that my period was five days late, five days late. And I wasn't active or anything like, you know what I mean? And I was like, okay, well, there's no other reason why my period would be late. Like what is going on? And then when it actually came, I had no symptoms. I had no cramping. I had no anything. And it was just like super light. And I was like, wow. And like, that was the biggest difference for me when I was like, okay, I stopped eating meat, like chicken and and beef and stuff. I had already stopped eating beef probably three months prior, but I cut out like chicken or anything extra and all, and like, I was somebody who always suffered really, really, really badly with all types of menstrual everything. And once that went away, I was like, okay, this is definitely healthier for my specific body because I'm noticing the difference. And no one else that I talked to had that reaction to not eating meat. I was the only one. So I was like, wow, okay. Um, I really have to take that into consideration. And it just made me never want to go back. Yeah. It made me never want to go back to it. And then like, I've been back and forth with dairy for the same reasons, you know, like I was, I was really good about it. I had cut it out for the first three months of last year. And then the pandemic happened and I was in New Jersey. So you eat pizza and cream cheese bagels. Like, you know, you live in New York, so that's what you eat. Um, and so I did that. And then like my next cycle came and I was in such pain and I was like, Oh my God, it was definitely from all the dairy that I like went OD on. Um, but it's so hard. That's such a hard habit to kick. I've kicked it again right now. So I think uh, dairy is supposedly supposed to trigger things in your brain too to make you like crave it but it's so true like I've tried to cut out dairy myself and then I'm just like I'm very very like health conscious and health focused but if there is a night where I have over drank or partaken in something else my like go-to is mozzarella sticks and it's like the nastiest mozzarella sticks of all time they're so good but they're so good my weakness is a charcuterie board like, don't, don't be, don't have me at a party with a really good charcuterie board. because I will still pick up the prosciutto. I haven't eaten regular meat, but like, I will still eat some prosciutto. 
Me too. It's there. It looks good. You can't help it. It's like, okay, it's not like I eat it every day. It's fine. But then the next two days, you feel like crap. Um, okay, so I always ask this question. If it's your last day on earth and you can eat whatever you want, what would it be? Appetizer, entree, dessert. Ooh, that is a good question. Um, I could eat whatever I want. I want a big cheeseburger and I might go back to beef. Realistically, like if it's my last day ever and it's, I'm not going to sit for the consequences, I'm like, maybe I would want beef. I don't know. I haven't created beef in so long, right? But I was like, I probably want a big old cheeseburger with like bacon and beef and avocado, lots of cheese, fries with cheese. There's this place in Jersey called Windmill. And they make the best cheese fries ever because they have like a cheese sauce that doesn't taste like fake cheese sauce. It actually tastes like real cheese. So it's not like Whiz? Yeah. So it's not like cheese Whiz. It's like actual, like it tastes like melted cheddar. It's so good. It's an East Coast thing to understand what cheese fries and pizza fries are. Like no one on the West Coast has ever heard of that or eaten it. I've like gone to restaurants or like anywhere and I'm like, can I get pizza fries? And they're like, what are pizza fries? And I'm like, Really fries with right, like you have all the stuff in your kitchen you could make it but they just like looked at me like i had 17 heads and i'm like oh you didn't grow up in the northeast okay <laughs> right like that's a diner staple oh my god talk about end of the night what are you eating that was always my go-to is i want pizza fries at the diner but also another thing that people don't have on the west coast is like everything bagels Oh my God, really? Okay, so I just don't buy bagels. Like I, I've, I've just removed myself. Like I don't even look for them anymore out here because like, it's just not worth it. They have them. They definitely have them, but I've no, it's not like New York. Where everything is everything bagel. People, all they know out here is like the Trader Joe's. I think they make like an everything bagel seasoning or something. And yes, 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 which is good. Really good on avocado toast. And then for dessert, it would definitely be like a piece of cheesecake and chocolate chip cookie dough ice cream. See, like all these things that have dairy in it, <laughs> which like I love it so much, but it just like doesn't make me feel that good all the time. I also stopped um, red meat and chicken and I do fish, but I don't like putting labels on it. Like I don't like telling people I'm pescatarian or I'm this or I'm that because I have to try food every day at a client's home, like before I feed, the, feed it to them. So like I end up ingesting more things that I don't want to because I have to try it. But it's still in like such small doses that like I'm okay with it. Only reason I am is because other people want you to label it, right? So it's like you go out to dinner with people or like someone's making you dinner and they're like, well, then what do you eat? And they're like, so are you a vegan? I'm like, well, not a vegan. I'm like, but I, you know what I mean? It's just like, they want to put you into a box. Exactly. Um, so I did see that you guys were on Poosh. Yes. So the Sparkle Bar was featured on Poosh late last summer. So maybe at the end of August, beginning of September, I was lucky enough to sparkle one of their, um, employees or like somebody who works on their blog. Her name is Michelle. And I sparkled her at employees only, which, oh, do you know employees only in New York city? Yeah. yeah, And the Lower East Side. Yes. So they have an LA location as well. And they were one of the first restaurants to be able to integrate an outdoor oasis type space with the pandemic. Um, and they called it the summer social club. And so when they opened, they had me there doing sparkle bar for the opening. Um, and it was really nice. What actually happens when someone like goes to sparkle, like what, what does it consist of? Like, where's all the glitter? Where do you put it? Yes. So, um, because of the pandemic, another like pivot that I did is instead of focusing on people's faces, like I normally did, I started focusing on their body. It's just a little bit less, you know, like contact next to their mouth and everything. So, um, 
for her, I was doing tattoos. I got really cool. Like I got the LA logo, like the LA Dodgers logo, um, turned into a body art stencil. I had one that looked like the Hollywood sign turned into a body art stencil. I got employees, e employees only EO logo and turned that into a stencil. And I think I had lips too. So I put like an LA tattoo and um, like a lips that looked like a kiss um, on her on as body art. And she really loved it and just like loved the experience. And they were doing features on uh, black owned businesses. So they featured me, which is great. That's amazing. Congratulations. Thank you. And then that same day that like the story went live, like Kim, Courtney and Chloe were all at a photo shoot. I was like, I wonder if they're like talking about like me, the article would be so cool. I, I feel like they're like that love hate relationship. Like I love them, but I love to hate, like I love to hate them and I love to watch them and I just love them. And like, I feel like, like they've been with us now for like 20 years. I feel like I don't know what else to do or not 20, but like at least 15. But like at least 15, like a while, a while. Yeah. Yeah. I think like I was in high school when the first season came out. I mean, I'm committed to loving them. I've never really had a, a part where I was like, eh. you know, sometimes they do some things that are crazy, but like. That's why you love them. Yes. And it's like, you can't beat them, join them. Like they are setting the fashion trends. They're setting the makeup and beauty trends. They're setting the hair trends for the like entire country slash the world, right? Like everybody looks at what they're doing. Absolutely. Even like cuisine and diet, like Courtney and, and Poosh and Travis Barker being vegan. And then like Kylie went vegan for a little bit. Kim went vegan for a little bit. Like I think they definitely influence people in all sorts of things. You're so right. Especially in Chloe has her like uh, her dose, like collagen line. That's out. She's got all those powdered collagen. So they're really bordered into the food space. Yeah, they're, they're everywhere. And I love it. And I love that they are trying to like push a more sustainable approach and push a more um, like holistic view. Sometimes they're not like terrible. <laughs> yeah. And, and they're, you know, they're giving back and they're doing what they have to do. And like Kylie Cosmetics, like she's not fully clean beauty because I'm sure if they were like that clean of a brand, they would be shouting it from the rooftops. But she's also not, you know, fast, fast fashion in comparison, you know, like trying to kill the planet and whatnot. So. Exactly. So besides being on Poosh, would you say that was like the biggest accomplishment so far for Sparkle Bar? Or has there been like one that's... I was on Vanderpump Rules a couple times. Oh my God. Tell me all the details. <laughs> um, that was a pretty great accomplishment. And that is something that I really worked at. You know, like being on Poosh kind of happened serendipitously. Like I was just at the right place in the right time to meet the woman who worked at Poosh. But getting on Bravo TV, like I pitched the owners of Sir Restaurant. I sent them information about me. I talked to them for three months, got them to hire me to do Pride. They hired me. I came in. They had me there to shoot and film. And like I got mic'd and I got to meet all the girls and got posted on their social media. And that was like literally like me pounding the pavement, working, 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 getting it. Yeah. So like that was like a lot more rewarding. That's so inspirational. I love that you did that. I love that you actually like contacted them directly and like put in the work. Yeah. And was not taking no for an answer. Like I said, I literally talked to them for three months and it was so funny because I, this was right before I moved to LA and um, the same pitch that I sent them, I sent to some bars in Jersey on the beach and they basically ignored my emails. But sir said yes. Love it. Who's the worst? Who's the best? They are all exactly as they are pictured. Really? Absolutely. So as they talk about, oh, they got a bad edit or, oh, they're not really like that. From my experience being around them, they are exactly the way that they are on the show. Okay. I love it. I actually like Vanderpump is one of my like guiltiest pleasures, but like they all kind of like did some like weird stuff last season and most of them got kicked off for like being racist. 
I don't know if this show's ever going to come back for one, because like, Sir, I mean, Sir itself is just now reopening, right? And like, because we have, I think we have 50% indoor capacity restaurants here in California. So does, so do we, yeah. So like when the cameras were actually there, they take up a whole section of the restaurant, right? So like they can't have the capacity of people dining for them making money and the TV show cameras and the production crew and all the people running around, like they just can't have that. But I think they're now having a Tomcat show. Thank God. I have been saying that since like before that all happened. I was like, can we please get a Tom Tom spinoff? Like I would love to just, I mean, Katie's my favorite. Like I want to watch Tom and Katie and Tom and Ariana. Like that's it. Like I don't care about that. Me too. But also Vanderpump now has a spinoff show on Bravo where she like has people come to her house for dinner. I didn't, good for her. I didn't know that. Yeah. Cause she left the housewives. Good. She, it, she was one of the best ones on the, on Beverly Hills. And so for them to give her her own show, she's like, I can, she's like, I've already been carrying like three of my own shows and three of my own restaurants. Like, I don't need the rest of them. I love this so much. Um, so tell people where they can find you, where they can see more about you and hire you even. Okay. So you can find me at Sustainable Sparkle Bar on Instagram, sustainablesparklebar.com. And then also you can find me at Tay Tay Fierce on TikTok. I have about 40,000 TikTok followers as of right now. And I am in a totally separate niche than like glitter and makeup. I am a dating and relationship coach. So that is a bit of... Wait, that was a little spin right there that I didn't know about. I know. I decided to like fix myself because I was having really bad dating patterns and like, you know, just like not like, I just didn't know what I was doing. I was just dating without intention, kind of just dating to pass by time. Um, and I had to like get off the hamster wheel of like doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. So I just took myself completely out of the dating game. I started to become really educated. I learned about attachment styles. Um, I've been reading every book I can get my hands on. That Are you secure? Uh, attached? Yes. Now I'm secure. So I was, when I went into this, I was very much anxious, fearful. Um, and I just took another attachment style quiz yesterday and I'm like 67% secure attachment style now because I've, I've created awareness. I've identified my, my, um, relationship patterns and I've figured out how to not do those things again. I need to learn from you. (laughs) I'm going to go on your TikTok. And that's what I'm learning is like a lot of people need the help. And it's so crazy how like all of my mentors talk about it. They're like, people take mentors for getting a job. Like you go to a recruiter or like, you know, you do all these other things, but people don't always think to do it for your love life, but it's like, why wouldn't you treat your love life just as important as your job? Because it ultimately leads to like your life partner. And then maybe you even having children, like that's an extremely important part of your life. That's a very important part of your life. Absolutely. Yeah. (laughs) So it's like invest in that. Absolutely. Okay. Amazing. So that's all for today's podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for being on. Like this was amazing. I really, really appreciate it. And remember, you guys can follow me at, um, on Instagram at Health Chef Julia and subscribe to this podcast.